Hey everyone, welcome to another Svelte Radio podcast. This week we don't have a guest, but as usual, the three of us are here. So I'm Kevin, I run a site called Svelte School, where you can find tutorials and training material to learn Svelte. And I'm joined by my two other co-hosts, Sean and Anthony. Do you want to go ahead and present yourselves? <laughs> hey everyone, this is Sean. I guess I have to do some self-intro. I, I work at AWS as a senior developer advocate and happy to be here. <laughs> I'm Anthony and I am the CTF Bianc, which is a booking platform, booking software for uh, experiences and travel. And I am also a Svelte maintainer. Amazing. So since last time, what, what have you guys been up to? Have you done anything interesting? Well, I, I can go while you guys think of your updates. I I can only think about the things that I've been doing recently, which is not doing Svelte. <laughs> I have a <laughs> I've a so like kind of the the biggest community React conference is called React Rally, uh, and it's happening tomorrow. And I spent the last two weeks essentially. Well, I, this is Svelte related. I created Svelte for React. Basically, the way that you do mutability and, and sort of assignment in Svelte, you could actually just port that over to React. So I, I did that. And then I, I made a whole talk around it with the with the whole idea of like why you should be experimenting with different formats and stuff like that. So preparing any talk is, is big, but I think this conference is special to me because that's how I first started. And that was my first ever conference in 2018. That's the first talk I ever gave. And I owe a lot to that conference so i wanted to do a good job yeah so from my point i've mostly been trying to stay cool it's been 38 plus degrees here in, in the uk <laughs> and it's very hard to work and very hard to think in that Ooh. kind of heat and especially we don't have we don't have air con in our houses and stuff like that so it's just a matter of i don't even know try <laughs> there's no way to stay cool <laughs> but meanwhile where i've been able to i've been i've been obviously working working hard on my startup which is uh which is Bianc. And then we've been doing a, f a fair bit of Svelte core work. So mostly around linting and making uh, contribution a bit easier, getting some PRs closed, uh, that sort of thing. So yeah, all kind of very software related in the crazy heat. Okay, so I've been working uh, these last few weeks on the new Svelte Society Day website, as well as the the upcoming conference that we're going to talk about in a bit. Uh, spoiler. Then today we are also going to talk about some other stuff. There's a new static site generator. Um, Routify just released their 2.0 release. And a couple of other uh, random uh, things. Let's get started. So first off, Svelte Society Day France. I heard they had like a lot of, of new of proposals. Yeah, they did better than you. Yeah. <laughs> they've got they've got some proposals so far. I'm not sure when this is going to release, but you know they're aiming to close the call for proposals on 16th of August. But they they have a good selection. It's always better to have more, I think. And I think the the actual event is happening at the end of September. So if I was any good at this job, I would I would have their URL in front of me. <laughs> It's actually france.svelte.society.dev. So basically, yep. oh, if nice. you speak French and you do Svelte, you should come to this meetup or, or conference or whatever it is on the 27th of September, and it will be a good time. I think it's worth noting that we're talking about it in Discord, and they were saying that 
they're sort of majority French talks, but not exclusively. So they might have some English language talks as well. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say so, I'm going to check it out. Cool. Even if I don't speak French. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, we might, there might be opportunity there if you don't speak French to also still still join in and participate and sort of learn some stuff. Yeah. All right. So the the big one, the big Svelte one. Summit 2020. This is the new conference. Ooh. Yeah. So With the shiny, we, shiny site. Exactly. So by the time you listen to this, the website's going to be live. And you're going to find it on a diff- three different URLs. But mainly I would probably go to sveltsummit.com. So this is pretty much the new Svelte Society Day, but with a shinier name, cooler website, and more speakers, hopefully. We'll see. We'll be opening the uh, call for proposals as soon as this podcast goes out. So, and what sort of talks are we looking for for this for this conference? That's a good question. If you're interested in doing a talk, I would submit it, regardless of, of the subject, pretty much, as long as it's felt related, of course. But and then we can sort of we can come to Discord and chat about you know the proposals mm. in the society chat. Exactly. And what sort of length are we talking about talk-wise here? Are we doing sort of lightning talks or we're doing longer talks or? So I'm, I'm thinking we, we should have both lightning talks and, uh, and regular talks. So, so a lightning talk would probably be something like 10 minutes-ish, but longer ones, 30 maybe. It's not a hard limit on like how long or short the, the episodes can be, or sorry, cool. the talks. So, so basically it's good because it's, uh, it's kind of like a, an opportunity for somebody who hasn't talked before maybe to have their, fir- their first talk. Yeah, um, and it's pre it's pre recorded again. I, I'm guessing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it theoretically makes it a bit easier, but also maybe doesn't always make it a bit easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I noticed that last time, but this time we're <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do it a bit differently. Sure, we'll do a YouTube premiere kind of thing. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So one thing we haven't mentioned is uh, the date. So oh yeah, it's on the 17th of October, I think. Or is it the 18th? Ooh. this is is critical information right (laughs) yes yes i need to i need to check this out (laughs) it's the 18th 18th (laughs) good thing i uh double checked cool i will indeed be proposing a talk i just have to figure out exactly what because there's lots of different things (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i wonder i wonder if i should do that or maybe i should just take it easy for this We'll see. We we definitely want new voices and new faces, uh, especially people of color and women, and uh, that's something that I'm very keen on as well. So Mm. uh, to have more representative voices. Yep. Yes, for sure. All right. So we're gonna take a short break, and we'll be back in a bit. This is the uh, first sponsor of the show, Mono Company. So Mono is a digital product studio that works remotely. And within the Svelte community, you might have known uh, Wolfer. He coincidentally made the uh, Svelte Summit website design, and he's worked on the Radify website as well as the actual Svelte Society website. And uh, he wanted to sponsor this episode with a simple message. As a design team, they're open for new clients, and they have extensive experience designing web applications with full-on custom design systems. So Mono is typically responsible for the UI and UX in a project, and they work alongside developer teams. 
they love designing web apps and they want to support Svelte because it's an awesome framework. So check out their website. It's mono.company. That's M-O-N-O dot company. That's a pretty nice URL. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, his designs just look amazing and he just does it so quickly. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it it is amazing. Like, I don't understand how he can do it so quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think designers who can develop or developers who can design are just, they can do so much with so little resources. It's, uh, It's really cool to watch. So thank you. Mono for for being our first sponsors. We we merged one of Wolf's contributions into the site yesterday, and it's it's great because it's fixed that long-standing issue on the REPL on iPhone where you have to scroll down to get the input output toggle on. Oh, and it's fixed that. It's beautiful. I can now code on my iPhone, which is great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that always bugged me a bit having yeah. to to like scroll up a bit. Yeah. Well, it's fixed. It's done. <laughs> that leads into our next topic. So. The last Svelte maintainers meeting. Yeah. So you may have noticed in the last couple of weeks, three weeks or so, the maintenance status of, of Svelte and, and SAP has, has increased dramatically. And obviously, like it's a, it's a, it's a kind of culmination of the, the meetings we've had so far and also the addition of Ben McCann. So I'm going to give Ben McCann a shout out. He's a machine. I don't know, I don't know how he has time to do all the stuff he does. But if you can think of something, there's a PR for it already. He's opened it and it's ready to merge, right? It's, it's crazy. <laughs> and he's also been working through and triaging <laughs> and checking and testing all the existing PRs. So a really good addition to the to the maintenance team there. And I think everyone's kind of been sort of inspired by that. And so obviously you see the traction, you see things going in and it kind of eases the kind of the, the block a bit more. So great stuff. He's yet to join us in a maintenance, maintainers meeting. The last one was where we discussed adding him. So what came out of the last maintainers meeting was a focus on SAPA. Obviously, SAPA was sort of sidelined for a long time, just whilst we got felt up to a place where we wanted it to be. The goal, sort of the future of SAPA is there's a lot of talk about modularizing it, maybe not even having a thing called SAPA, but turning it into a series of roll-up plugins that make up SAPA. So like a routing plugin, a plugin for the kind of internals bundling the splitting so this is all underway there's a discord user called called adam b or aj boo on github as well he's actually kind of started this prior to us even discussing this so i don't know how well his stuff aligns with kind of the main vision i'm supposed to be responsible for writing the rfc on how to split this but i found that it takes a lot of time to write an rfc so it's kind of been delayed Meanwhile, he's doing a lot of things that I kind of wanted to do anyway, so which, which is great. So yeah, that's the plan for SAPA to modularize it and do a lot of other cool stuff and maybe make it kind of have differential root bundling so you can have fully static roots, dynamic roots, SBA roots, SSG roots, you name it. So yeah, that's going to be a series of a series of stuff that's going to be appearing as RFCs in the, in the hopefully near future. Meanwhile, we're just cleaning up Everything else around SAPA, probably half the PRs that were there are now closed, you know, merged in and closed, which is great. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah, it's looking really nice. pretty pretty rosy. And then we'll have to focus on Svelte again, because <laughs> now Svelte's becoming the one that's gets sidelined. It's usually how it goes, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. And then the next the next maintenance meeting, I think, should be in one or two weeks away. And yeah, and I, and I can't tell you exactly what the topics are for that, but we do have quite a, a lengthy list of topics, so... <laughs> Yeah, bring back reports. <laughs> Lots to talk about, so little time. 
well, it's a little time to talk about it and, and even less time to do it. So again, hugely, hugely reliant upon the contributions from the community. Yeah. Nice, clean PRs coming in, looking pretty good. So That's awesome. Okay, good. All right. Sean, do, do you have anything to add to the... No, I think uh, to the extent that we have some sort of roadmap, uh, I think it'd be good to publish it, make this felt blog a little bit active. And in terms of, you know, <laughs> I hate to say it, marketing, having some sort of conscious sort of effort to have minor versions and, and actually tell people like, okay, this there's a new minor version. These are the things that we added, stuff like that. Like, is there a change log? I don't even know if there's a change log. So there's, there's cha- yeah, there's a change log. Conduitry maintains the, the change log. Okay. Yeah, you know, we can publicize that a bit more. Yeah, we probably should publish the, the change log. We probably should tweet about it. I might even see if we can clone the the uh, society auto tweeting thing from GitHub. Maybe we can make it part of that or something. However, what I will say about roadmaps is that they can be a double edged sword. So whilst it's great that people can see and have visibility over what the plans are and where they're going, they also become a kind of tie and a commitment. And with the amount of stuff that people are doing and working on, there's less time and less time to actually make these changes especially when they're quite large so i think there's also a fear of having a a roadmap that maybe is stale or where things have just sat forever and and never moved so it's definitely a consideration but there are reasons that there isn't one in any sort of formal sense as of yet cool 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 so routify 2.0 i don't know how much you you know about this release but apparently it's not it's not as big of a deal as as it sounds it's a just that some of the changes are breaking. So, okay, there are some some small additions, but nothing nothing major. I think uh, Jake is working on this new framework, Roxy. Roxy, Roxy, yeah, R O X I. I suspect we'll uh, we'll hear about that in a couple of weeks, maybe. I mean, Ro- Roxy is, from what I understand, it's like modular rootify, right? I'm not entirely sure exactly what it is i've been a bit out of the loop uh, these <laughs> last few weeks but i guess we'll hear we'll hear about it that also made me think about roxy is is that like what do you call it when you switch around the letters anagram is that, is that what it's called yeah yeah anagram yeah is, is roxy an anagram for rixo oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe i don't know i'll have to maybe. investigate <laughs> Well, for those who are less well versed, uh, what is Rixo? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Rixo is is a person. He he maintains oh. the the Svelte HMR kind of thing, and he he made a project called Svench as well. It's like the storybook equivalent in Svelteland. Yeah, Rixo is HMR guys. What I call him, um, he's a guy <laughs> who constantly claims to be some sort of junior. And he's just kind of looking at other HMR implementations and copying them. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's not junior. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is, what he, what he's done is is mind blowing with HMR. It's, it's really good, and I'm I'm using HMR in a lot of projects now. In fact, that's one of the reasons I'm using Rootify because I'm using Fight, which uses the HMR plugin underneath, and it uses uses Rootify, and it works really well. It works really nicely. It's uh, a very impressive piece of work for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I've been trying out Fight as well, and in order to so Fight is built on top of Evan Use Vite, 
yeah. uh, Veit, Veet, whatever. Um, <laughs> and uh, in order to write Svite, he had to he had to figure out how to write a Veet plugin, which is not documented. So then you yeah. just have to dive through the code base of Veet and, and figure it out. And he did. Yeah. And it's uh, pretty <laughs> impressive. And I don't know how to do that. So <laughs> kudos to him. Yeah. Dominic G is also another one of those just uh, doing stuff that didn't seem possible. Yep. <laughs> All right. So next topic is a new static site generator, Elder.js. So you guys haven't used it much. I tried it a bit. Uh, it was just released. So the name is quite odd, Elder.js. <laughs> it's because of the the company that released it. It is called Elder Guide. Which is, I don't, I don't even know what you what you want to call it. Like elderly home review, kind of. Yeah, site? it's like a care it's, home a care home review site, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So the documentation is on that site, which is funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you can see, like, you, you can like the top menu shows you, like, oh, check out the nursing homes, etc. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of funny. Anyway, so what are the the features of of Elder.js? So Elder.js is kind of like it boasts like insanely fast build times. So I think he he mentioned something like building seventeen thousand pages in like eight minutes, which is mind blowingly fast. He also seems like one of those guys that just does does the impossible sort of. <laughs> the idea is basically that you. You set up your data your data fetching mechanisms beforehand. You can hook into the build process at different times, and you can manipulate the the outputted HTML and so on. So one of the one of the major features that I I kind of like is the partial hydration. So he's using a preprocessor to look at the components and see, and if there is a a certain attribute on there, it makes it interactive and otherwise it just keeps it statically generated which is kind of nice so you can have for example a, a form that's interactive but the rest of the site is just static makes it so it doesn't ship double the code it's pretty impressive yeah i'm just looking at docs yeah the, the docs are really good like i think he spent like several days writing <laughs> these uh these docs I mean, it's a good way it's a good way to kind of you know, write docs for yourself as well, isn't it? To remind you when you come back to it after a while. So yeah. Yeah, docs sure. can be almost a freebie. Yeah. So I tried writing a plugin for this static site generator and, and it's just like a regular RSS feed data fetching plugin. And it was really easy, like super, super easy. So I would probably like compare it a bit more to, to Gatsby than, than Sapper. But it's not exactly the same. It doesn't necessarily use GraphQL, for example. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. My comments on this thing, I mean, anytime someone else writes a static site generator, that that, that means I don't have to do it. That's, that's really great. And this this is a very significant effort that he did not have to open source, but he he did he took the extra time to share it. And, and it's, it's pretty cool. And yeah, I'm seriously considering rewriting my own site using this because it addresses the core criticism that people who criticize JavaScript frameworks have, which is when you do the hydration on your on your site, you're basically sending it on the HTML, then you're sending it on the data, and then you're sending it on the JavaScript, and then you're re-rendering all of that in JavaScript. 
So that seems silly for something with 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 a site that has mostly static content. I think that's true even for Svelte, uh, but it's also true for React. And so the the solution is actually something that Jason Miller from Google has been calling the Islands architecture. So that's on his site at jasonformat.com slash islands dash architecture. And it's this idea that, okay, you have a site, it's got a header, it's got a sidebar, it's got a middle content page, it's got a footer. And guess what? Only parts of the site needs to be interactive. The rest is just static content. And so the way that we did it before JavaScript frameworks is, was essentially like, all right, we'll throw in some jQuery and then we'll 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 do some you know interactive elements and, and event listeners to those parts of the site. And then and then but then when we when we transition to to writing sites using frameworks, we kind of lose that because we we try to rehydrate everything so so we have consistent state. So I think Elder helps to return us to that to that mode because. You know, Svelte is such a nice authoring format for co-located like styles and templates, and then maybe JavaScript, right? So I think Elder just like kind of assumes that you know by default we'll only output HTML and and styles, and it will be kind of scopes styles to that HTML component. Yeah. And then if you want JavaScript, you have to opt in by adding this attribute, like you like you said, which is the hydrate dash client. And then that's an indication to to Elder.js that, okay, everything under this part, you can hydrate using JavaScript. But it makes for very, very, very small components and, and they can all be sort of loaded independently. And I think that's that's the that's the main innovation here that I don't think I, I don't think exists in other frameworks. Like this is a I think this is a world first and this is pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, I, I like it a lot. So the reason I was I built the the RSS plugin was to make the new website for the for for this podcast actually, so I'm gonna try my hand at building something cool in Elder.js to make the website a bit more active and better. Sounds good. Sounds good. I haven't got a use for a static site generator at the moment, but it's definitely something that I want to do because I just have this dream of having a super high performance site written in Svelte. That's uh, it's like the dream. I mean, I mean, the sites I have now are fast, but they're obviously dependent upon APIs and that sort of thing. So yeah, maybe maybe one day. Hey. <laughs> so many things to to try out and sure. test yeah <laughs> you know i think i think everyone should have a personal blog that they that they update i think everyone should write more and site generators are, are just a good application of that so someday i know you're you're a busy guy <laughs> yeah yeah svelte in production so people, you know, we try to collect cases of people using svelte in production partially to like encourage others to like give them some social proof that like other people are actually using this and it's production ready. Like the only way, you know, this, this question of like, is felt production ready? I mean, it's kind of an arbitrary standard. And the only way to really answer that is to show that people are using it in production and then, and then, you know, gradually to people over the edge. So it's the pinned tweet on this felt society, Twitter, twitter.com slash felt society. And I just have a bunch of people that might be notable, there are recognizable household names, and then people kind of report their apps as well. This is kind of like a nice narrative complement to the who's using Svelte part of the Svelte readme. It's on the readme, right? Or is it the site? Uh, it's on the site on the, yeah. 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 Oh, it's on the site. Okay. Yeah, because like the who's using Svelte page is just a bunch of logos. But I think it's good to have like stories of like 
you know what do where like <laughs> is, it, yeah, is it like an internal sure. internal app or is it like customer facing so like we, we talked about in previous episodes like disney and square enix and fade and cloud and elder as well google used it recently for an arts and like a crossword experiment so it's not it's not the main google but it's kind of like the google labs or whatever they call it i think the the big news that happened i think this week actually yesterday was that alaska airlines self-reported that they're using svelte for a pretty good use case so alaska airlines you know it's a it's a pretty major airline in in the u.s you know i fly it whenever i'm on the, on the west coast and i was like okay well that's interesting where, where do you use it and and this is what they said uh, they said we're using it in a new microsite we built to help guests when their flight is disrupted the guest is often at the airport when they get the notification so they have slow connection speeds. So we chose Svelte to keep our JS payload low. I think it's worth well, a couple of points here. What one is you mentioned about the the logos on the on the homepage. So that's actually come up in both maintainers meetings. It's something we want to optimize, and we haven't got a really good idea of how to do it. There's a notion of maybe having some sort of headline acts, kind of like big sites that use it, and then everyone else kind of below or maybe deferred to another page or something like that, maybe randomizing the logos because there's so many of them. That's something that we'd gratefully receive as a PR or at least a, a discussion on, on how we could better do that and, and some ideas thrown about maybe. So if there's someone looking for a first contribution, that's a very good place to start. And the other thing is about, yeah, using something in production and something being production ready. A question we get a lot is, when will SAPA reach version 1.0? you know, when's felt version four coming out? The problem with this for me, and I, and I say it to them every time, is that a version number doesn't really mean anything in terms of whether something is or isn't production ready. I've been using Svelte since anyone even heard of it, apart from Rich and a few others, right? And I've pushed it to production at that point before it's even got any traction at all. I'm not a person who follows version numbers very carefully. But what I will say is that try and cast aside the notion of a version number or a stable or a major or anything like that. Decide what you want to do with Framework X. Write lots of tests, build prototypes, build spikes, test it out, assess it against other frameworks, other things you've got, and just kind of assert that it can fulfill in a reasonable way all the things that you want to do. And that's the only real way that you can determine whether something's production ready or not. If you're relying on an arbitrary version number to say if something's production ready or not, you're in for a big shock. So I, I really disagree with the kind of tie between version numbers and and readiness or appropriateness yeah, yeah. or fitness of purpose. You know, wasn't it Node that had like the the longest like zero point something yeah. release thing up until like just just a few years ago? I, I, yeah, I mean, there's, I there's also, it, it did, it, it suddenly sort of went from 0.12 or something to, to, to 1, but there's also a movement, it's called, I can't remember what it's called, but it's something like never reach version 1.0. And it's <laughs> a, a group of people, well, you know, rightly or wrongly, I think Semver is great, so I'm not sure I agree with it in, in concept, but it's a, a group of, a movement of people who want to never, ever make their projects reach version 1.0. And they just encourage bumping the minor every time. And I think like it's a, probably a bit tongue in cheek, but the the underlying message is exactly what I've what I've said is about don't fixate on, on version numbers because they're meaningless. They mean different things to every person. They're meaningless as a as a thing, you know. 
Yeah. I was just also going to mention part of the reason I try to track uh, people using Svelte in production is because that is step one to then having jobs for people who want to use Svelte, right? So that is kind of the, the funnel that, that that goes towards that. There used to be an account called Svelte Jobs on, on Twitter. That seems to be inactive now. I actually don't know, don't even know who who operates it. But, you know, we, we, we shouted out some, some major players recently, like Apple, you know, did some contracting work in Svelte. There's, a, there's quite a few huge names, but it's just not everyone announces it, I guess. Yeah, well, you know, we, we, we're not going to know everything, but I think just to, just to create a community, I think it's kind, of, it's kind of like a weird cycle. Like you have to pay people to, put Svelte, to care about Svelte, to, to put Svelte in production that feeds into, you know, people actually rel- relying on this thing and contributing back to the community. And that just kind of builds the virtuous cycle. Yeah, it's chicken and egg. <laughs> It is, it is. So, you know, I just want to shout out that there is an op- opportunity this week from Open Zeppelin, who are looking for a security platform engineer. It's kind of like a full stack opportunity. So they do uh, blockchain and Svelte. So that's a very interesting combination, <laughs> wow. which, which uh, very, very cutting edge. Presumably, you want to get very small JS bundles on your Ethereum blockchain. I, I don't know. I'm making, I'm, I'm making this up. But uh, yeah, like there's the, the reason we track these things in, in production is to, to to build the ecosystem and i think that's that's pretty important yeah okay so we're gonna take a short break and listen to one of our sponsors Woo-hoo. have you ever uh wondered where you can learn more about svelte like how to actually use svelte you've probably heard about a site called level up tutorials it's run by a guy called scott he uh makes tutorials about all sorts of things web related and uh, recently he's been pretty interested in Svelte. So he's made a Svelte tutorial and a Sapper tutorial, as well as I think a Sapper and Meteor sort of thing. I'm not too sure. I don't know much about Meteor, but it sounds cool. So if you want to learn more about Svelte and how to use it, go to svelteradio.com slash level up, and you'll end up at the, the website with some nice tutorials. Yeah, I think it's like a monthly or annual subscription and it's kind of all you can eat in terms of his videos. And there's a lot of just front endy full stacky content, you know, he's he's a full stack developer. He's just that records very high quality videos. If you want to check a sample of his stuff out, definitely check his YouTube channel where he posts posts a lot of content for free. And I think it's a it's a good way to level up, like I said. <laughs> good way to level up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Svelte on MDN. Yeah, I put this in there. So MDN's recent troubles aside, you know, it's still a very important site. And I think something that people don't really know is that MDN doesn't just cover, like, it's, it's not just documentation for web APIs from browser vendors. It actually is a community contributed kind of like wiki type of thing. And it covers anything, you know, and, it, and, and that includes frameworks as well. And OpenSAS, I don't, I don't know his real name. I don't know if he's like anonymous or, or something. But yeah, OpenSAS has been working really hard on the this felt, you know, tutorial on MDN, and it's coming along. I think it's it's on part six, uh, seventh chapter out of eight. And he's even covering like the the TypeScript support with Svelte. You know that that's like <laughs> that feels old now, but it's it's still pretty new. And yeah, so I think I think he's looking for contributors. But then you can also just now check out chapters one through seven of the MDN Svelte tutorial and contribute if you want. 
And I think they're still in, in a kind of beta state, right? They're still ready for final review. So if anyone's got any feedback on them or, or input, then let OpenSAS know and they can be updated. Yeah. OpenSAS is pretty active in, like the, I think, the Spanish Svelte community. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I know about it. <laughs> 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 it's good that, that this is a thing, though. I didn't know like MDN had information or stuff on frameworks. It's the first time I heard about it. Yeah. I have to say it's a surprise to me too, but it's good. I think the they, they recently adopted Vue for the MDN site itself, and that was a mildly controversial decision. But yeah, I mean, you know, uh, they're friends with uh, frameworks. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Okay, so that was our last on-topic topic, I guess. So let's move into picks and other stuff. Cool, so we're going to picks? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, I gotta think about picks. <laughs> he's gotta find, find a pick really quickly. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. I I I got one. I got one. Go for it, Sean. <laughs> okay, so uh, so I've I've been um, getting into live streaming. I started a live stream with a friend of mine, Thor from Stripe. Yeah, his name is Thor, which is great. He even has like a hammer. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like the AWS and Stripe live stream. Uh, it's every Monday at, at noon East, Eastern time in the US, which is midnight our time. But the main joy that we discovered is StreamYard. So that's, I think it's StreamYard.com. And it's this browser-based version of OBS. Uh, if, you, if you've done any live streaming, OBS is pretty uh, ubiquitous. But I think the problem with stream with OBS is that it's kind of like hard to configure. So StreamYard is basically OBS with good defaults. And it helps you multicast to a bunch of different popular venues. So uh, I, can, I can broadcast across Periscope, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitch. But the, 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 main, the main ones are wait, YouTube, wait. Twitch, and what? You can live stream on LinkedIn? <laughs> I mean, oh, uh, no. I think so. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think there's... LinkedIn stories. I mean, LinkedIn stories. Yeah, you can broadcast on LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn page, LinkedIn That's event, Link, LinkedIn profile. <laughs> it's amazing how easy it is to hook up. It's amazing how easy yeah. it is to organize, like multiple people coming in and you got to organize the their location on the screen and do screen sharing as well. All of that usually burns up a lot of CPU on my machine and it makes my machine very slow. But if you offload it to the to StreamYard, then it is not that slow. So uh, it was a very just a very pleasant experience. I think this this company is like a two person shop in I think Norway or maybe Sweden. I I, I don't remember, but it's it some Nor it's a Nor Nordic country. It's just like a nice tool. Yeah, it's it's free for uh, basic usage. So check it out. You can go and visit them, Kevin. You can go and visit them in, in yes, uh, yes, in Sweden when when, when Corona, yeah, dies down. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Unless it's in Stockholm, then I can go. I guess. So my my pick is uh, it's actually a board game. So last last week I played a board game called Gloomhaven with a couple of friends. It's uh, sort of like a Dungeons and Dragons style game. Super fun if you're into co op board games. Yeah, that's about it. Check it out. <laughs> I like I like good board games, so I'm going to have a look at that. Wow, yeah. it's expensive. Whoa. Yeah, but like the box weighs like ten kilograms. It has so much stuff in it. Lead must be expensive by that. By that <laughs> <measure>. <laughs> cool. 
Okay, so my pick is going to be actually games as well, but more online. So I don't actually play very many online games. In fact, I don't play any games at all. But I do play with with friends, especially during lockdown, uh, the Jackbox suite of games. So if you haven't heard of the Jackbox suite of games, uh, it's essentially a bunch of kind of multiplayer games. One of the most famous ones being Drawful, which is a lot like Pictionary. You all draw something on your phone, so you... You stream it via a broadcast, kind of like, uh, you know, via Google Meets or whatever. And then you draw on your phone the picture. And then everyone has to guess what that is a picture of. And then at the end, you see everyone else's answers and you pick the one that you think is the correct answer. And they're quite abstract topics. So it's not easy to see what the original one was. And the drawings are very bad because they're on your phone. So it makes it a lot of fun. We spent, I mean, we do, we stream with these, with these games almost every week, if not twice a week absolutely loads of fun and my parents can play them you know they're they're not you don't need to sort of be into gaming or anything to do it and they've got they've got six party packs now so there's six sets of six to eight games there's there's quite a lot to choose from all sorts of trivia and quiz like that things like that too essentially just it requires one person to have the games stream their stream their screen over a, a video sharing service and then you can use youtube or twitch or whatever and everyone wants to join in just uses their phone they go to the jackbox tv website and they mm-hmm. type in the room code and then they're a member of the game. You can actually go on Twitch and you can search for Jackbox and you'll see a bunch of people playing these games <laughs> all the time. And if you want to kind of get a little preview before you dive in and, and actually buy them. But they're really good. Really recommend it for catching up with friends whilst you're stuck in your house. All right. So I guess that's it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back in another couple of weeks, I suppose. And uh, yeah, take care. Bye. Cool. Thanks Bye. a lot. Bye.